0: The Chargers 2022 draft class is now complete. And on today's show, we're talking about exciting new RB2 Isaiah Spiller and also talking about the Chargers finding an absolute steal of an offensive lineman in the sixth round.
1: You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Droegemeier. And we've been covering the Chargers together for over six seasons. We're heading into our fifth season as a host of the Lockdown Chargers Podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you on this post-draft Monday for making us your first listen. And to make sure you never miss the show, subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. But David, The draft class is complete. We did talk about first and third round picks last week in Zion Johnson and JT Woods, but then we got more picks to talk about, six more to be exact. And on today's show, we're going rounds four, five, and six, or at least the first pick of the sixth round for the Chargers. And an exciting batch of guys to talk about, starting with Isaiah Spiller. The Chargers needed to get an RB2 coming out of this draft class. And I think they got the consensus third best running back in the class. That's not bad at pick 123. And There are obviously some detractors, but I think there's a lot to be excited about there. And Austin Eckler now has somebody who can help share the load. And we'll also talk about new defensive tackle Tito Obonia, one of a guy from UCLA that really impressed the Chargers reportedly in their workouts private and also at the senior bowl and got himself a fifth round pick. And then one of the best value picks of the draft, in my opinion, starting guard, potentially Jamari Sawyer, a guy who's played all over the offensive line. And me and David will just wonder aloud how that dude somehow fell to the Chargers in the sixth round. Because it doesn't make a ton of sense to me. But today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. And David, the show starts with Isaiah Spiller. And this is a guy that I didn't think the Chargers would have a chance at. Because I didn't think they'd be taking a running back with the 79th overall pick. And that is around where I thought Isaiah Spiller would go. He is... One of those guys who is pretty much a consensus top three, top four round pick. And he goes to the Chargers at 123 midway through the fourth round. But a guy who has a super impressive resume as a running back. And I mean, if you're talking about the level of prospect this dude was, as opposed to their last couple of draft picks and Larry Roundtree and Josh Kelly. This is on a different planet, David. And I think this is the Chargers giving the best shot so far that we've seen of someone since Melvin Gordon. Being that second running back that can take that role and run with it,
1: yeah, I think there's no more messing around, right? I, I think they, they took a couple of, uh, of you know shots in the dark uh, in the draft a couple of uh, drafts ago, and it just wasn't you know it just wasn't the right answer at least up to this point. And I think with Isaiah Spiller, when you put on the tape, there's a lot of reasons why you feel like this one very well could be the answer, mm-hmm. or he very well could be the answer here. Back to back thousand yard rushing seasons, average five point five yards per carry. Pretty much every, and he got better every single year that he was in college, so you got to love that um as far as you know what he does well is is a lot I mean he displays a very good vision and patience, he allows the blocks to set up in front of him he showcased a very good ability to stop and start and, and really put his foot in the ground and change direction and go uh, i mean there's a lot of force missed tackles on the tape that's something that Brandon stalia had mentioned shows very good power and contact balance. It seems like he can really bounce off of defenders and keep going. I put a clip out there on on Twitter, uh at talk SD, uh of one of his, you know, just grown man touchdown runs where yeah. yep, he just bounced right off a of defender and kept on going and and you know just rumbled all the way into the end zone. So you love that. Um Fantastic pass protector, too. Uh, I mean, as far as a college running back is concerned, uh, I feel like he really has the ability, if he knows his assignment, to really stone guys that are coming after the quarterback. Like, he did that um, on a repeated basis. I think it's probably something he could be a little bit more consistent with from time to time. Um, also, fantastic pass uh, pass catcher, too. He had really soft hands. Um, I didn't really see him drop very many passes. Um, like, he was very, very consistent. Seemed like he uh you know, like he's a very good weapon as far as that's concerned. Very good running run, uh, very good runner and very good pass catcher as a running back as well.
0: Yeah, and that's what you heard a lot from Brandon Staley when recapping the day three picks was just how much of a complete player that Isaiah Spiller is. And that is true. I mean, 74 career catches in three seasons. That's a ton for a college running back. He's very smooth to on wheel routes and angle routes or something. They love to run with him running away from linebackers, and then once he caught the ball he definitely was dangerous in the open field when he could get into the secondary. I mean, there are things that you don't like, but I think on today's show, obviously these are all prospects and we don't know how any of these players are going to turn out yet. But one thing that we can do is try to find out why the team wanted to draft them there, right? By looking at the things and the potential you could see out of these players in the positive more than anything, right? I think that is the most important thing. is what are these teams trying to build on? And When you're looking at him, I mean, all of those things you said, I mean, definitely an advanced pass catcher. Yes, I mean, the pass protection definitely had times where, like, he's chipping on a guy, helping out the tackle instead of picking up a blitzer, and those are all things that can get better. But even for a guy who's an average athlete to force as many missed tackles as he did with just the footwork and just not being able to just always outrun people and being as crafty as he was in finding the creases and openings that he did, I wouldn't say he's, like, just a thumping running back by those you know, dimensions that you would see from like a Brandon Jacobs or someone like that. But he finds the hole and he makes the most out of it, especially last year when he didn't have a great offensive line in front of him. He had a first round pick in Kenyon Green. There wasn't much outside of that. But I think that is the only detractor from him is just being an average athlete by NFL standards. And I think just because you're not as athletic at a position doesn't always mean you're not as talented because I mean it's hard to look at this dude going up against SEC defenses David and not think that this dude is talented the only other kind of knocks I would have is six career fumbles is not great some poor moments in pass protection which just needs to be more of an assignment thing more than just a want to because he wants to crack dudes back there and a lot of times last year with a poor offensive line he stopped his feet behind the line of scrimmage which in the NFL level the dudes are just too fast. Like being patient is one thing, but you also have to kind of take what you can get. He did that a lot of the times, but some of those times, stopping his feet ended up in trouble.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I saw that for sure. I mean, I think I didn't see a whole lot of negative runs on the tape. Uh, the only time it was really, you know, noticeable is when there was a free uh, free defender coming after sure. him. There's not a whole lot you're going to be able to do in those situations. They yeah. get such a good jump, and you know, they you, they got you on the ground before you can even react. But not a when lot of Even with runs. that,
0: like I mean, those things are all nitpicking, right? The dude yeah. is a really, really good prospect. I think the projection and what people why he wasn't just drafted higher. I mean, thinks it just has to be because of those that athletic ability. Because he was still making people miss. And I think David obviously right now he's the guy to beat. Like he's awesome oh, yeah. for his backup until further notice.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. I think that you know the where they drafted him at in the fourth round. I think indicates that, um, and also just the skill set that he brings to the table. I mean, uh, as as a prospect, as, as a running back, I mean he, he's he's a uh, pretty high up there with his skill set, with his ability to make people miss in the open field, with you know his his power, his contact balance, his receiving ability, the the way he can pass protect. I mean, he has a a, a skill set that he's bringing to the NFL level that's already very polished in, in comparison to a lot of other players that you know the Chargers are brought in to try to solve this RB2 position. I feel like this guy has the best makeup and profile and skills that he's bringing to the table to really finally fill this position, and you feel very good about it. I mean, he he was a guy that didn't get all the carries, right? I mean, you, I think you, you we were talking before the show, you said, what, 40%? Uh, of, 42% of according
0: yeah. to Dan Brugger, yeah, his senior year in 2021.
1: Yeah, so I mean, but I think that's a, a blessing and a curse, right? Because he, he doesn't have all of those carries, not all the tread that's been worn off the tires, if you will. He's still sure. going to be able to come in. And also, he's not coming in to be the number one back. You know, that's Austin Eckler. He's going to be there to spell Austin Eckler and compliment Austin Eckler. And I feel like you just want a guy that when you bring him onto the football field, you're not going to see a tremendous drop off from him to Austin Eckler. And I I feel very confident that I don't think that that's going to be the case with Isaiah Spiller.
0: Yeah, and I mean, he could be great just like he was in college, right? And I think the other thing is, too, is he's going into such a good situation where he's not going to be needed to be that bell cow back early on in his career. Obviously, if Austin Eckler is healthy, he's the number one guy. And I mean, this is just the best person we've seen have this job. Because the thing is, you said where they take him, right? They took Josh Kelly in the fourth round, too biggest yeah. differences that was a different regime larry right. roundtree he was a brandon staley led team right that was a pick that was made while he was the head coach josh kelly a little bit different right and he's had two years now and they've had two years to try to figure it out Chargers also added a super fullback as well that we'll talk about tomorrow So, an athletic freak gets to talk about some fullbacks but coming up next we're gonna be talking about an addition to the interior of for the Chargers, needing some depth on that interior still. They went out and got UCLA ta- defensive tackle Tito Obonia. So we're going to talk about what he brings to the table and how quickly he could be a factor for the Chargers coming up after this. But I do need to tell you guys, the official betting sponsor of the Lockdown Chargers podcast is BetOnline.net because BetOnline is your number one source for all betting and stats and all sports information that you're looking for. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and major league baseball which is going on right now as well you can even check out UFC some big underdogs cashed over the weekend that's always something where you get a puncher's chance to win a lot of money and if you're looking for fun tournaments and fun prop bets, especially I had a ton of fun with the draft but they always have a ton of prop bets going on at bet online you can also do live betting where you can change your fortunes as well and make sure you're staying up to date with everything going on nothing worse than when sites you don't have that live betting option if you miss the tip off you're done betting on that game. With Bet Online, you have so many options to choose from. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn all about the trends and the action at Bet Online where the game starts. All right, David, we talked about fourth round pick, Isaiah Spiller at 123. And then the fifth round, the Chargers went a little off the wall. A guy that we hadn't really talked about on this show, a defensive tackle, maybe a position we didn't know if they would want to address their given their needs. And we'll talk about how the chargers address those later on the week, you know, as far as the positions they miss in the positions that they filled. But Tito Obonia is a guy that they are very familiar with are reports that they had, you know, firsthand views of him at working him out. And Brandon Staley spoke to that. They did really like what he did in the practices with them. And they had, you know, their defensive coaches run him through a bunch of drills. And he said he aced those tests, which was nice. And, The other thing this guy did to really, really improve his stock during the offseason was at the Senior Bowl. We know the Chargers love the Senior Bowl. Tom Telesco loves the Senior Bowl. Sure do. And Brandon Staley loves the Senior Bowl. And one of the things that Brandon Staley talked about with Tito Abonia, who's a defensive tackle who, I mean, just as far as a prospect, right? A huge dude, another big-time, space-eating type of defensive tackle is He went up and had some really successful reps against guards like Zion Johnson and Cole Strange. Some, you know, two first round picks because I forgot the Patriots take that dude in the first round. But he had some really, really impressive reps against the top players in the country. And it seems like that's really what kind of pushed the Chargers over the edge to end up taking this dude in the fifth round.
1: Yeah, I mean, guy's gigantic—six foot four, three hundred and twenty-six pounds. I mean, he has a extremely large frame. Like the, the dude is fan, is is massive. Four and a half sacks in three years, so you know he's not going to bring a lot of pass rush ability here. Twenty-seven tackles. He did fa- have five tackles for loss, two sacks, and two fa- passes defensed mixed in with one force fumble. Um, he does not get moved off his spot, you know, very, very often. I mean, if, if he's able to anchor, I, I didn't see him really get moved very much. Um, he's an effective run defender that is a pretty solid tackler. If he gets his hand on hands on you, he's going to bring you to the ground. He uses his hand strength to get off the of blocks um, and also saw him use a pretty decent swim move to be able to defeat double teams um, from time to time. So those are a couple of things that I liked about his game.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think there is a lot to like about his game and a lot to have questions about with the prospect like Abonia, especially when you're looking back and, you know, kind of ignoring the, you know, testing process and the off-season events like the senior bowl and stuff like that. There are some things he has to work on, which we'll get to, but I think when you're looking at a prospect like this and why the Chargers would be interested, there's one thing that Brandon Staley has prioritized over most things on the defensive interior and its length. It's something that yeah. he just loves out of these dudes. And he has that in spades, right? I mean, this guy has long arms. He can lock out offensive linemen. And he also has really good awareness for the ball carrier, too. You can see him almost always finding a way to get near the ball on most plays if it's in his you know, vicinity. I really like those plays. They don't happen all the time, but you can see, OK, hey, if we can get that out of that dude. That can turn into something. I also think for him specifically, there are a lot of positives. And the other positive, too, is just. situation he's going into right when the chargers took you know for example jerry tillery right they they needed him to come in and produce right away and they need him again to come produce this year right because there's not a lot of pass rush coming from tito abonia at least not right now i mean he's very raw in that aspect but he gets to go into a rotation that just and you know added sebastian joseph day and austin johnson he doesn't need to come in and be the starter right away and i wouldn't want him to but you see david with the with the size with the great length, he does have a powerful punch. He has a lot of upper body strength. I think he was top, you know, four or five in the combine as far as bench press reps. I want to see him get, you know, some more strength and what he looks like when he has time to actually, you know, strengthen condition with a professional football team and things like that. But I at least can understand kind of the building blocks they're looking for. This guy is definitely a developmental guy early on.
1: Yeah, I mean, I really love the point that you made about not having to be the guy right away because I, I don't think that you know that would be the best way to get the most out of Abonia. He's you know? just not ready to come in and step in and be you know you're a three down player. Just there's things that in his toolbox that that need to be added to. I mean, some of the things, some of the negatives, some of the opportunities that he has to get better is. Sometimes he's a little bit slow getting off the line of scrimmage. I mean, his get off is is not that not that uh, not that I wouldn't say
0: special. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's not special. Not a lot of lateral agility or quickness. He just, you know, he doesn't. That's not really part of his game. And like I said, he doesn't offer much as a pass rusher. Um, He has a bull rush. Um, He can definitely use the bull rush, but um, uh, I think he needs to get in there and get in with guys like Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa and really kind of just go through a masterclass on, on how to use your hands effectively. How to build the you know the the pass rush repertoire and the the counters. I think that's something that really needs to be, to be developed as part of his game. But also, I was just kind of thinking to myself, Daniel, it seems like they have a particular profile on the interior of the defensive line that they're kind of looking for that they want to bring into the fold. And I don't know if they value interior pass rush with the profile that they're they're trying to add to the team. I mean, I agree with you
0: from a standpoint of, yeah, I mean, definitely there's a, a profile that they're going for, right? They want guys who are less of, uh, you know, penetrators, and they want guys who can hold up at the line of scrimmage, lock out an offensive lineman, right, and be able to yeah. make a play in two gaps. Yeah. Um, and, and that's something that this guy would have the, you know, potential to do. But I don't know if it's necessarily not valuing into your, you know, pass rush, but like, if they were going to find a good interior pass rusher, like there's maybe a handful in this draft class and they would have had yeah. to spend a pretty penny to do it. I mean, like Devontae Wyatt, like that dude has, a, you know, was refined comparatively for sure in this defensive tackle class as a pass rusher. And there's a couple other guys as well, but like interior pass rushers are incredibly hard to find. So I don't think it's that they're not valuing it. I think it's just that there was no point where that kind of value made sense for them in this draft class just because those dudes You just don't find out in the wild very often. You don't find, you know, Chris Jones, you know (laughs) growing on trees or anything. But the one place I will disagree with you is I do have questions about the anchor, especially against double teams and things like that. I mean, I think most of the time if it's a one-on-one block, you're not gonna see him just get blown out of the play by any means, you know. Mm -hmm. But there was double teams where he got washed out of the play, and there was times where he was able to be controlled and, and didn't have the anchor to really you know, sit down and at least, you know, cause chaos or force it to stop in front of you. I mean, that just didn't happen enough for a guy who's a defensive tackle run stuffing guy like this is not a guy who's going to come in and be an elite run stuff or probably at the NFL level just because there was just too many times at the college level where I was seeing him get moved out of the way by double teams. I think the lower half is what he has to work on the most because that's usually where that anchor is coming from. Right. It's in those legs. Obviously, you do twenty nine bench press reps. You know, you have the upper body strength to have the punch that he has. You're doing something right, but I think it's more of a lower half thing. But I do think, at least in watching his tape, it seemed like he got in a lot better shape between, you know, last year and this year. Um, He looked like a sleeker player this year. Definitely looked like that in the offseason circuit as well. I thought he looked pretty good and definitely seems to be focused on his conditioning and not something that's, you know, totally out there. An average athlete, even by defensive tackle standards. But at the same time, it's all based on his 40 yard dash. I saw people out there, you know, talking about how poor his RAS score was, but it's like that's literally based on size in this case, because they're taking his measurements and his bench press rep and yeah. only the 40 yard dash. You cannot do it with just those numbers. Who cares what a, a defensive tackle runs their forty? Doesn't matter. In. Yeah. I mean, they usually those are more about the three-cone drill, the shuttle drill, trying to get that agility grade kind of thing, right? right? And that's the explosive grades with the broad jump, the vertical jump. He didn't do any of those things. So that I mean is something you kind of have to leave R.A.S. out of it. which is easy for me to say because I'm that guy. As soon as the bad one comes out, yeah, don't worry as much. But I'm not worried about his athleticism for what I think the Chargers want to do. But it's nice to plan ahead, right? Because the whole thing with like Justin Jones and letting some of those guys leave in the offseason was just like Linval Joseph included, right? What do you have behind them? You don't have like a true backup plan. It seems like the Chargers in this draft class had a plan to keep, building up the depth and giving them some better options going forward to have some guys and younger guys step in eventually.
1: And a bigger guy too, right? You're adding size. You're (laughs) continuing to add size to your um, defensive line and your offensive line. They, you know, Brandon Staley says, said many times they want to be a line of scrimmage team. Well, I mean, it's definitely showing with the investments that they've made on the lines.
0: Yeah, I mean, so this is a guy I think overall, like, it's exciting. He has exciting traits that you can, you know, but I just wouldn't expect too much early on. Let's let this guy get in. Let's let him develop and see what he can turn into because Brandon Staley is personally vouching for him. The Chargers defensive staff is personally vouching for him. Let's see how it plays out. But you want to talk about dudes that are adding size to the team? I bring you Jamari Sawyer. The dude is a walking house. That's just one of the notes we'll get into why I think he's the best value the Chargers found in this draft class and much more coming up right after this. But the f- best value in protein bars, David, give you one guess, Built Bar. Built Bar are the best protein bars out there because they're the best tasting protein bar out there. But you get great value as well because in every Built Bar, you're getting something that tastes like a candy bar, but fits on your diet as well. And that's just not something that's supposed to be allowed in human life. It's just really not. It's supposed to have to pick one or the other. It's supposed to taste like broccoli, right? Or it's just not going to be good for you. With Built Bars, you're getting something that's packed with 17 grams of protein. Most bars have 130 calories or less, while also having less than four grams of net sugar and four grams of net carbs. And right now, guys, there are so many good built Bar flavors to choose from that you'll never get tired of them. And that's one of the things I truly appreciate about built Bar. I mean, even though, you know, they also get sent to my house, and I very much appreciate that. But I have always flavors to switch up. And especially when I'm dining and things like that, I mean, you definitely want to mix it up so you don't get tired of the same thing there's so many different flavors to choose from and you can get mixed boxes where you can try a bunch of different flavors and find out which one is your favorite but make sure you try out built bars try out the built bar puffs try out the built granola bars so many good options at built.com and since you listen to this show you can even save some money go to built.com and use the promo code locked 15 to get 15 percent off your order that's promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com all right david well last but very much not least, right? We have one of the best value picks of the entire draft, not for the even just the Chargers. I think it's the Chargers' most valuable pick. And we're not going to be getting into grades and, and you know with a value, but just wasn't expecting the Chargers to be able to get this dude where they did. And we're talking about offensive tackle Jamari Salyer from Georgia, who projects more to the NFL level as a guard. But this dude was the left tackle on the national championship Georgia Bulldog team, right? That's where this dude comes from. That's his pedigree. But thank you guys again for making us your our first listen on this Monday after the draft. where We're talking about all these prospects on tomorrow's show. We'll be getting into the other three draft prospects we aren't getting into on this show, including a super fullback that we have to talk about that was not on my radar. I mean, I'm excited to get into that and a couple of cornerbacks as well. But Jamari Sawyer, David, what happened? <laughs> I mean, this was a dude. I think Dan Brugler-Hatterman is his 52nd overall prospect, his third-ranked guard overall, or fourth-ranked guard. This dude, I mean, has a crazy pedigree. Like, he has starts at left tackle. He handled the left tackle position in the SEC by only giving up one sack over the last two seasons in that one-sack game against Will Anderson, who's literally, like, probably a top-three pick and the leader in sacks across the country this year in college football. So, I mean, that's a, you know, we'll let that one slide. But... This dude projects more as a guard, and I think David. I mean, when you're getting this guy, where the Chargers did right, when you're finding this pick at 195, I mean, I was shocked that he was still there. I'd kind of assumed he was already gone, but I definitely got excited about this pick.
1: I mean, of course, I got excited. I mean, this is one of the guys that I had profiled in you know the the draft. Did you do that for here. the
0: guard show or the tackle show? I forgot to ask you. Was I'm that pretty? Sh-
1: I'm pretty sure I did it for the guard show, man. But, I mean, I am super excited that the Chargers were able to get him in the sixth round. And I am astonished because I expected him to go in the third or fourth round. I thought that (laughs) that was the type of pedigree and profile these bring to the table. Six foot four, 325 pounds, another very large human (laughs) being. First note here, extremely strong. This dude is just ridiculous. Like he, he mauls people in the running game. Like if you're in his way, you won't be for long because he is going to run over you. It's not, it's, it's not a question of if it's a question of when. He is that nasty. He brings yep. that temperament that you love, especially on the, in, in the interior offensive lineman. Although he brings a lot of great versatility as well, Daniel, he played at least 39 snaps at every position on the offensive line in his career. Um, he only allowed one pressure while playing left tackle and right guard in the national title game. He played both positions only one pressure given up so he is a natural pass protector because of his exploits uh playing tackle in college although I feel like just with his you know his quickness limitations he really projects more as a guard and I feel like he can step in and be a starting guard pretty much right away
0: Ooh, I mean that is a high praise I mean yeah, I think for the Chargers in their situation I mean I think it- it's tough because, like, right now, the Chargers are saying they're planning on having Matt Filer stay their left guard, right? Which means Zion Johnson, they said they see as a right guard. He fits in there. And then you don't necessarily think of Sawyer right now as a tackle. Obviously, he has that flexibility. Brandon yeah. Staley said it as of right now. They see him as a tackle. And, I mean, that's kind of how he over as a guard. Yeah, but yeah. that's always kind of how he projected, right? Right. Even saying that, though, I mean, the dude was obviously super successful, at tackle I mean his tape was super impressive I mean just the things that he does well obviously project well to being a guard you don't imagine he's gonna have that much of a struggle you know obviously you're going up in a level of competition but he's done playing guard before like he's actually done it and he was the number one guard coming out as a high school number 10 prospect overall in the country when he was coming out of high school so this dude I mean has The resume for sure, as far as he's been thought of as one of the top players at this position for a long time. And yeah, some of my notes a moving house. I gave you that one for free. Very good strength, uproots defenders and moves them in the running game. Played all five positions. Long arms is another big part of this. Smooth mover, really savvy blocker, too. I mean, you just don't see him super out of position very often. He does lead with his head sometimes and you know, puts his head down, which is not good because you're an offensive lineman, you got to see anything. Yeah, I think David, I mean. The pick seems too good to be true, and we've seen you know guys like Michael Wayne who go super late to the Patriots, and this draft class was really weird because some of the guards went super late, and then Cole Strange gets drafted in the first round, so there was really no consistency. But that was the the Patriots, though, too.
1: Let's be, of course, the Patriots a little weird in the draft process, sure.
0: But I think as far as like cons, like there's not a ton. I mean, he rated poor athletically as a tackle, but I mean, if you run it as a guard, it's pretty average, and I'm not super worried about that could stick to his blocks a little longer, but like that is truly nitpicking like that. This dude is a super like clean prospect. He's huge. He definitely adds to the size. And I think for the charger specifically, David, it scares me because it, it makes me think that teams were passing on him for a medical reason. He did miss four yeah. games with an injury last season. And I, I couldn't find any real major injury concerns other than that. So, I mean, that's just like, it scares you just because it's like, you're wondering how did it happen? This guy could have just potentially slipped through the cracks. And he's huge, but like even even if it was you know a little bit of a concern to get this dude in the sixth round, I think gives the Chargers so many options, right? Because we we know that they want to keep Filer at left guard, but like an offensive line, David, I put it on Twitter, right? If you have Slater at left tackle, then you have Zion Johnson at left guard, Corey Lindsley at center. Sawyer so you're at right guard over brendan hymas projected right because that seems like what it would be right now yeah and then you also end up having you know matt filer at right tackle like that's menacing that looks impressive on paper and we'll have to see how it all plays out but like this dude was not a sixth round prospect like i mean we'll see how we you know how he ends up in the league but like brandon staley is also super close to the georgia coaching staff so like you feel like they at least did their homework if there was yeah. any, like, truly red flags, you think they would stay away with the relationship, having taken Mark Webb last year and also trained McKitty. So, like, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense David, but what it does for the Chargers offensive line, building depth of that position, because this has been a two-year rebuild, spending yeah. more reinforcements on that and resources into that. And, like, I love that.
1: Oh, yeah. how could you not? I mean, I absolutely ad- adore this ad. I-, I just I appreciate the fact that the-, the Chargers were looking at and what Brandon Saley said, looking at a champion like this is a, a guy who won a national championship at Georgia. They East love
0: winners, game. right? Yeah. And he's going up
1: against, you know, as he put it, you know, 10 first round, you know, picks on the defensive line over the every last couple of every day of yeah. every single day. So it's a I wouldn't it's want like, that not- job. Right. There's not much that this dude hasn't seen. And, you know, the preparation and the players he's going up against, the size, the mentality, the ability, I think that all wraps up into a player that absolutely fell through the cracks and the Chargers are going to be the largest benefactors of.
0: Yeah, and I think this is just Chargers putting in work that was much overdue, right? And and even though, you know, yeah, there are some positions that we'll talk about that they didn't address. Like, it's hard to argue against the value at this pick in the sixth round because i mean i'm not going to annoy him the starting guard right i'm not going to annoy him in that position right now but like i like him better than i liked brendan hymas last year and i liked brendan hymas last year but i do think that this dude obviously has played some guard and has the body type that fits better at guard i mean he's yeah. a little shorter at least for a tackle he's only six foot three but like he has the length and that's all that matters and you get sucked into that black hole your rush plan is going to be changed. Like there wasn't dude just beating this dude off the snap or beating him quickly. Like this dude made everybody in the SEC work. And as Brandon Staley put it, like I got to see this dude for two seasons against the best division in college football. Like in those reps and what he was able to do after that. I mean, that says anything you need to know, kind
1: of. Well, and he has reps against Aiden Hutchinson where he's absolutely dominating <laughs> him too. And Aiden Hutchinson went second overall in the 2022 draft. So, I mean, just goes to show you like this dude does not shy away from top competition, Um, and he is one of the best, you know, pass protectors in this class, which is crazy that the Chargers are able to get him in the sixth round. So just continuing to add premium pieces to the offensive line, adding to the depth, the quality, the, the state of this offensive line is in so much better shape than it was even two years ago. It's oh, fantastic yeah phenomenal uh, redemption project they've they've done a great job on it
0: yeah i mean i think it's even in a much better position than it was last year i mean just by yeah. getting zion johnson right yeah you don't have odea bushi but like when you have zion johnson and then you add in jamari so you're like that's adding a lot of talent and depth because like Odea Bushi is still an option like if you feel like yeah. you need it it's still there. Now you have Will Clapp too and then I think the biggest thing is obviously like still a huge right tackle as we see it yes. right now. But I think the only thing you can hope for, David, is this: if it does hit the fan, right, that they're willing to go to plan B, which is the lineup I just laid out. Right. Like if you have to know if it's not working out, that you got to go sooner rather than later, because the windows now we've talked about that. Right. Like you have to be able to admit you've made a mistake if it comes that and I'm not saying it will. Right. This is all projection. And this just gives you that flexibility Two, if things don't work out, if you know Trey Pipkins doesn't just grab that whole you know job and by a stranglehold, and both of those dudes are struggling, you have these options.
1: I mean, to me, that's Plan A. I, I mean, I know that that's not what the Chargers are saying that they are that they want to do, but I think that's what they should do. I mean, that's sure. the best possible combination of offensive linemen out there, it, yeah. in my opinion. Right, yeah. and in in your opinion, I feel like that's what you need to do. I mean, put the best possible combination in front of Justin Herbert and in front of austin eckler and isaiah spiller and go see what these guys are capable of doing with that size that youth that experience all mixed into one in that offensive line
0: absolutely i mean i think that it just gives you so much more talent and like we know the depth has been such an issue and like this dude projects to me as more than depth i mean if he can stay healthy like this dude maybe he's you know you feel like he's depth for a tackle or something if you need him which i think he could still do that in spurts like he, I think, will be a starting guard in this league. as has a sixth-round pick, which is a huge win. Like, if this dude can stay healthy, and even if there are some medical red flags, I mean, I think it was still worth the pick in this sixth round to bring in a dude who is so talented, a national champion, that somehow got way underrated through this draft process, and, I mean, I think went criminally criminally low compared to I mean even don't take my word for it take every other expert that had him as a second or a third round pick right this dude was not supposed to fall and he did and the Chargers won because of it at least you know as we see it right now but they also added some more positions we're waiting to see when they would add a cornerback they ended up adding two late in the draft and then they ended up adding great super fullback that we have to talk about like the next peyton Hillis coming out kind of thing with just some ridiculous ras scores so if you're not excited about full box fullback talk i don't, just don't know what to tell you i mean if i could just make this the fullback show we would do it but we can't it's locked on chargers and we will be back with you guys tomorrow as always but until then to make sure you don't miss it subscribe to the On Chargers youtube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcasts from we really appreciate you guys supporting all of our draft coverage. And we're excited that the draft is over because we're only talking about players that the Chargers have on their actual roster. And we'll be getting to the last three of those dudes on tomorrow's show. Make sure you guys are here with us. And you can also find the show on all of our social media at Locked On LAC on Twitter, on our Locked On Chargers Facebook page, and also at Locked On Chargers on Instagram. You can also follow me on Twitter at Dan TalkSports and David Jogamara on Twitter at Drow talk SD. We want to hear your guys' draft grades too. If you guys want to call in and give your grades to the Lockdown Chargers voicemail line. You can do that at 323 524 7924. But tomorrow we have the rest of the Chargers draft class and what their impact will be. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.